Welcome to the Sharon Fitzmaurice podcast and today is episode 80. My guest this week is Aldo Jordan, founder of the Irish School of Shamanic Studies and works as the main teacher with the school. With many years of practicing shamanism, Aldo carries out one-to-one shamanic healing sessions, land healing, sacred site spiritual tours and talks on shamanic practices. The Irish School of Shamanic Studies has been in operation for six years and has 80 students in training at any given time. Aldo's teachings are based on core shamanism, spearheaded by our ancient Celtic and pre-Celtic traditions. Well, that is some amazing bio. Aldo, you are very welcome. Thank you, Sharon. So the first question, because I know many people will ask, what is a shaman? Yeah, and you know something? There isn't even a clear answer to that within reason. But we'll try and make a make a go at explaining what shamanism is, because shamanism is quite broad, Sharon. It's exceptionally broad. Um, ultimately, shamanism really is, let's go back to the beginning. First of all, you know, we can track shamanism back 40 or 50,000 years as the, you know, the first spiritual practice of human beings. It can be tracked back 40 or 50,000 years. And shamanism really is working with the, the environment, working with the earth, working with the the trees, the rivers, the lakes, the mountains, of course, the animals and the people. And I suppose the common understanding within shamanism is that everything has spirits and everything has energy. And for us human beings to interact with those spirits and interact with that energy is key for, well, really for us to thrive as human beings. And, and also the understanding that shamans have the ability to um, constantly, constantly be in contact with the spirits, whether it's the spirit of the tree or whether it's our ancestors and spirits, the, the shaman has the ability to interact, commune with those energies and those spirits, um, and, and, you know, to gather messages, to, to gather healing from those places, and <clears throat> to bring it back mm. from the other worlds, where the shaman will travel to these other worlds, gather information from the wise spirits, and bring that information and that wisdom back uh, mm. to the, the tribe or the community or the people, and to share that information uh with the community and with the tribe and whether it's shamanism shamans of practices 40,000 years ago or the shamans of today it's pretty much the same thing we we commune with spirit we connect with the spirit world uh, to gather information insight healing wisdom bring it back to this world share it with the tribe share it with the community ultimately to alleviate suffering Mm, beautiful and as you said it is so broad in so many ways and hard to just clearly you know say it in a few sentences or even write it in a paragraph but I think you explained it beautifully Aldo you know what comes to mind Aldo when you're speaking is I think back to our ancestors and how they interacted with nature all the time and they lived by the seasons and the cycles of nature much more than we do now well consciously you know we don't do it I think sometimes when we make an effort you know that we're learning more to do it because we've all become so busy in life and I think back to you know that's another thing I want to talk about is the sacred sites and I watched so many documentaries over the years fascinated by these sacred sites and how they were built thousands of years without any machinery you know and it's just you know my husband works in an architect's office so they have the drawings and they have everything to measure and I'm just always amazed it doesn't matter how many times I see these I go how 
how did they do this? How did they engineer it? How did they plan it? So you are visiting spiritual sites all the time. What is the connection for you? What is the feeling when you go there yourself or you bring people? What is your, I suppose, understanding of those sacred sites and why they're so important to us now? Sure. Well, I, I suppose the first thing, Sharon, we can explain about the ancient sites. They were the they were the temples, really, of for the ancient people. You know, today we have churches and synagogues and and mosques and 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 go to places to, uh, you know, to worship or you know to 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 revere, to pray, whatever way we want to describe it. It's simply, you know, the the ancient sites of Ireland and and across the world were were places where the ancients visited. Uh, and 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 the understanding is they commune again. They commune with spirits. Uh, not alone shamans, but archaeologists and historians will call these places ten places. They're known as ten places. Mm. And ten places simply mean means that the veil between the physical world we're in right now and the spirit world is that it's very very tenuous. And it's a place where spirit and uh, can can easily um, move into this realm and move out of this realm. Um, all of my students in the shamanic school, one of the key areas we work in, if you're training in shamanism, is working with the ancient sites, which is essential work for training in shamanism here in Ireland. Um, and it's visiting the sites. And it's not alone talking about the history, the mythology, the folklore, um, you know, the, the spiritual practices of these places. But why are they known as 10 places? And typically we'll find in the megalithic tombs, uh, the passage tombs, the portal tombs, the stone circles and all these amazing places that there are gateways, there are spirit gateways in these places. And yes, there are, there are astronomical connections with the ancient sites, but there also there's a connection to the earth. And through our many years of studying, energetically studying these places, there are gateways, there are spirit gateways mm. in, at these sites. And, and there are places where spirits will travel into this world and exit back out of this world quite quickly. Mm. So they're phenomenal places, and um, so like through our divination work and our dows, you know, our dowsing work and our, our mapping of these sites, we will constantly find the gateways in these places, and to and 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 the stone circle built uh, to encompass that particular gateway and to contain the energy and it, it being a, a, a place uh, where people would would connect with for uh, spiritual practices, rituals, and so on, mm. and. You know, Sharon, we're going back with a lot of these ancient sites. We're going back thousands of years. Like, I mean, New Grange, New, New Grange for example, is 5,200 years old. So that's 3,200 BC when the ancients, our own ancestors, our very own ancestors built these places. And we don't need to particularly look at New Grange. We can come to Mayo and Galway mm -hmm. and Sligo and many other counties in the country that have as significant sites in them. It's just that, um, you know, typically... Uh, certain places will maybe be funded or being supported more in particular parts of the country. Uh, but, you know, when we go to, like, for example, Kong, uh, here in County Mayo, on the Galway-Mayo border, uh, there are, are some um, passage tombs that would be have the very same significance as Newgrange, uh, never been excavated, never been opened, and very few people know about them. Uh, but they're all over the. They're all you know. We don't need to go to to, to New Grange or places like that. They're they're here on our doorstep as well. So they're phenomenal places. They're temples, really, Sharon. Yeah, yeah, and I love it. You know, I love it. I'd sit talking about them and watching everything about them. <clears throat> I just think they're amazing. And like you said, it's the energy. You know, if people don't understand about energy or gateway, 
you know, just going to visit one of these sacred ancestral sites, you can feel the power and the energy of it, Aldo. And I know many times when I've been drawn to places, it's at a particular time when I'm needing inspiration or needing some grounding in my life. And, you know, you might not know why you're going somewhere. I always say that to people, you know, if you feel drawn to a certain place, not understanding why, just go and be still and sit and listen to, you know, what comes to your mind. How do you feel? Because you spoke about gateways, you know, so many people in their mind, again, if they've never, you know, heard or understood any of this, can you explain to them what you mean by a gateway? But a gateway really is a portal or a a, a, um, a doorway that leads into another another world or another another dimension. Hmm. Um, and, and these aren't really unusual to us in any shape or form. Um, you know, when I grew up as a young fella here in, in Mayo, you know, we we we, we were oh, went to the, your typical Catholic school and, you know, we we're talking about, you know, heaven and and hell and all these other places that existed and of course when when the when the body died and the soul began to move away from the physical body it went through a portal or a gateway mm-hmm. to get to these places that we were told and that we were taught that heaven is a another world and hell is another world and two two worlds that uh, seem to have disappeared completely now are purgatory and limbo they don't seem to exist anymore the the fear the fear people have stopped with the fear (laughs) exactly exactly so so these were these were worlds and there were portals or gateways or doorways to enter these worlds no more than in shamanism Mm. we typically deal with uh, three worlds typically there's a lot more but typically three worlds and we would find uh, gateways or portals that would bring us these uh, these worlds in in our shamanic journey uh, our shamanic meditations will bring us to these places as well. So mm-hmm. basically, they're they're like uh, there's many different words if we describe these gateways, these portals, these doorways, uh, a vortex. We can call them nodes. We can call them chakras of the earth. Mm-hmm. So they're a highly energized place that when we connect with these places, it's typically known that we will try it will transit um, a soul to the other side, to the spirit world. And these uh, wells in Ireland were the same, Sharon. The mm. wells with the ancients were known as portals or gateways as well. Mm. Um, and, and many other, there were many other things that would be known as, you know, places where, where the soul will move from this physical reality into the into the afterlife, into the spirit world. So uh, talking about the stone circles or the megalithic tombs were specifically built in locations because there were gateways there. Mm. And... A lot of the stone circles, there were burials there as well, stone circles. And and going back to our own county here, the, the Glebe stone circles in Kong, which were um, built by our ancestors known as the, the ancient tribe uh, of, of the two of the Danon. Mm. Um, we will always find up there, there were gateways there as well. And there were places, um, even through archaeological excavation, finding that there were, you know, the the, the cremated remains of individuals in the centre of the stone circle. And the understanding for that is that if you were a high member of society or a high member of the tribe, if you're buried in the centre of a stone circle, it's the, the class one, the, 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 the first class ticket to get to the other side if you're buried in that particular place. So certainly gateways, portals and places where the souls would travel to the other side and also traveling back into this reality when they want needed to travel back in mm. they will commence through that portal as well 
Amazing. Just, yeah, amazing. I, what comes to mind again now is that this is my mind. Every time you're talking, there's so many things that jump out at me. But I go back to our ancestors and I go back to, I suppose, pre-Christian times and how it was just the norm, you know, to have these wonderful ceremonies and celebrations and celebrating, you know, someone passing from this world to the next, you know, and all of those beautiful things. Why did we get so lost? Ooh, well, um, modern religion would have a lot to do with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, mo- most, mostly to do with it, mm-hmm. without getting too bogged down in in um, finger pointing. <laughs> finger pointing, I guess, would be mm-hmm. yeah, change the perception. Uh, you know, with the ancient people, and and this also spans way into Christianity as well. You know that. Um, the seasons, and you mentioned that earlier on, the seasons were exceptionally important. We look at the the wheel of the year in our in our pre-Christian celebra- um, celebrations and worship would be the the very you know we're coming into in bulk quite soon, uh, the time of regrowth, that that time of the, the 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 birth, the birth, the rebirth comes back into play, and we move into all the other areas of the year like Lunasa, Beltana, Samhain, um. The, the solstices and so on were exceptionally important times of the year. So people were so connected in with the earth and the movement and, and the pulse of Mother Earth. They were so connected with it. And 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 the seasons, the, the, the movement of the sun, the movement of the moon, these are all essential parts mm. of individuals' lives. It was, you know, the growth, the crops in the fields, the, you know, um, and, and everything relied on the seasons. Mm. Where... In, in more recent modern times, and I, I'm not talking about that long ago, that in my father's time, for example, he was born in 1942. That was a really important part of their mm. their process as well. But I think um, in many cases, consumerism has done so much and technology has done so much. And like I won't not, not technology is really important, but uh, the, the balance is the key. And the disconnect, the humans disconnect from the earth becomes it's quite prominent now that it's not really about the land or the seasons or the crops in the field or the animals that produce the milk and the, and, and, and you know it, it's now about consumerism the, mm-hmm. the, the the supermarkets the technology and the more and more that comes into play i think the more and more that individuals become phenomenally disconnected mm-hmm. from the seasons and from the lands that we that we live on um i always explain this to people it's a, there's a very very large wheel. It'd be a bit like that moon behind me, It'd be like a, a, a you know a circle with many cogs coming out of the circle. And there are many many cogs on the wheel, and the human human beings are just one cog on that really big wheel. Unfortunately, humans believe they are the wheel. That that's one of the big problems. They are not one of the cogs. They're they are the wheel, and every cog on the wheel is exceptionally important for to our survival. And to thrive um, as human beings, we, we 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 really do. We innately need to have a connection with the earth, mm-hmm. with our surrounding environments, with you know, with, with nature. That that's an essential part because it, it is the most powerful medicine for human beings is to be connecting with the pulse of the earth mm-hmm. and with everything that's going on around us, with the, the trees that the leaves are beginning to come back on them in the next few weeks and and, and all of that kind of stuff. So. We can say modern religion pulled us away from that 
um, spiritual practices that were really associated with the land. Uh, and that's a modern religion coupled with the consumerism, the technology that has come about, that everything now is about convenience. Mm. You know, I always say, you know, God forbid that sometime down the line that, a you know, a catastrophe happened or World War Three broke out and that the food chain coming into the multi uh, the, the the supermarkets if that if that chain link stopped we'd be in really serious trouble because pe- today people don't know how to grow vegetables or how mm. to make bread or any of any of the survival you know cut turf mm. or whatever the case may be people don't know how to do that anymore particularly the younger generations the older generations possibly do yeah uh, but the younger generations don't um so I don't know if that answers your question. It's kind of a really long way. To yeah, it on. is. And I know I, I put you on the spot asking it. But I suppose really what I go back to is what comes up is storytelling. You know, when I think of my ancestors and my mother and the stories she would have told about her grandparents and, you know, the stories they would have shared around the fireside and those celebrations and you know, they were just much more in tune with themselves, with each other and with nature. And like that, they planted their own vegetables. They hardly ever went to the shop because they didn't have the money to do that or to the doctor. You know, they treated themselves. I always remember my mother saying whenever they had a flu or a really bad cold, they boiled nettles and they had nettle soup. Sure. You know, so there is all of those things that we think, where has it been lost? But I think you've answered it. It's convenience. And we want the quick fix now. It's like, give me the tablet and it will be fixed, you know. But I also feel on the balance of it, what you're saying with everything moving so fast and, you know, people now moving away from religion because it's not, we have, again, technology has opened up the doorway for us or our gateways. It has opened it up and given us more information where we can research and look into things. And people have said, well, you know, all of the religion, maybe depending on where they are in their own faith, it gave them a stepping stone to their spirituality because that's all they were taught at the time going to school or in their homes. But there was a lot of fear-based teaching. And I think it's changing in some religions, other not so much. But I think for the individual, for me, it's I, I always say I never judge anybody depending on what they believe in. That's their, you know, lovely thing to have. But for me, I think all of our teachings as we are children comes from a balance of the story shared by our parents and grandparents and our communities and also from what you learn in schools or your religions, whatever it is. And then as we get a little bit older, I think we get a little bit curious. And sometimes people go, you know, I have two grown adult kids and they go, they don't believe in, you know, the church and, you know, this just doesn't make any sense to them. And when they talk about it, you kind of listen back and go, God, that doesn't make sense. How did we believe all of that? <laughs> yeah, very true. Very Isn't true. it? So yeah. for them, and you said it about the young people, you know, they're not, you know, how would they survive if there was, you know, a huge war or something? And I think, again, that's up to us, their ancestors, you know, yeah. or it's up to us to try and instill those skills within them so that they are, you know, able to cope with those things and those challenges in life. But I think it does come later on. But what I'm really trying to say is, I suppose, as we get older, I think we start to be more aware of our own being, of our own self, you know, being in touch with nature, with each other, 
you know, connecting with other people. I think we've all got lost along the way, Aldo. I think every single person in the world has got lost along the way. And then they find something and it might work for a little while. But I think the real connection, just as you've said, is the minute I step out this morning, I stepped out into my garden and the frost and the snow had kind of frozen from last night and the sun was shining beautifully on a bare tree that I have in the middle of my garden that I surrounded with rocks and I put lovely shrubs in around it and I built it with my own two hands and everyone said I was crazy. But every day I look at it, I always say thank you to that tree because it has brought me so much joy just by being present in my life. Absolutely. You know, isn't that, that is the most simple, um, simple thing. Mm. It's not the new car and it's not the new phone or it's not the new whatever. It's one of the most simple, basic, you know, uh, primal things Mm -hmm. for a human being to make a relationship with a tree. Yeah. And to, um revere the tree mm. and that's a lovely relationship between the human being and the natural world the the, yeah. the natural world and that's such a simple thing yeah but simple and so important because we're all energy you know we're all living energy on this planet we're all connected so as i look joyously and smiling with my big woolly hat on at that yeah. tree and I, I feel that connection. And I think we don't stop enough in life, you know, and that's what I kind of say to my children. Stop and, you know, just be present for a minute. But again, you know, heads, technology, all of that yeah. stuff. But I always say plant the seed. You never know what it's going to grow into. Plant the seed. And I mean, it's only it's only us that can teach the children this really at the end of the day. But I mean, and the, a key word, Sharon, is balance, is about mm. saying, yes, we have our laptops or our our, our our new mobile phones, we have our sat-nav in our car, and that's all great. It's lovely. But if we can somehow strike a balance between the two, mm-hmm. that's all we can do. I mean, when we talk about shamanism, Sharon, we can talk about the shamans of five, ten, fifteen thousand years ago, typically lived outside of the tribal system, lived in a mountain or in a, on the far lived on the side of the mountain or in a forest, and it was all about, you know um being completely at one with nature you know mm-hmm. uh which is fantastic but when we pull shamanism from 10 15 20 000 years ago into the modern world it's not possible and i always say to my students we have to bring our kids to school in the morning we got to pay the revenue their 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 dues we have to pay our mortgages and our rent and all that kind of stuff so in essence really there is one foot in the modern world and we can also have our other foot in a more uh, environmentally based uh, mm-hmm. world but that is, that's, that is the balance. We cannot live, uh, well, we can, but it'd be exceptionally difficult to live in a place where you're in the middle of nowhere, you got no electricity, no running water, no nothing, you know. Mm. That's exceptionally difficult these days, particularly, obviously, if you've got children. But if we can live in the modern world and we can um, live um, in harmony with our ancient spiritual practices, but also live in the modern world at the same time so if we can strike a balance then then we're on yeah. the fix back really you know yeah we need nature more than it needs us i think absolutely. <laughs> yeah. yeah absolutely um the, the 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 pulsation of the earth the natural frequency of the earth is what allows us to thrive that's our medicine as human beings it's the same with the animals the cows in the field they thrive on this natural 
resonance of the earth. Mm -hmm. It's it's this pulsation that keeps us alive and well and allows us to thrive. Mm -hmm. And that is the the human beings have grown up with the mother's earth pulsation beneath their feet, and that's what keeps them healthy. And in many cases, you know, a lot of um, illness today and a new new kind of um, health issues coming into play can very simply be because we have disconnected from the earth. And I just don't mean consciously disconnected. Mm. You know, when, when the rubber sole shoe was invented, that was the first big issue because now we've insulated, disconnected from that natural pulsation of the earth. Mm. 7.83 hertz is the actual is the, the frequency of the earth. And that 7.83 hertz is, is an absolutely powerful medicine for us to thrive and for us to live, fulfill, you know, live in a, a state of fulfillment, not an imbalance, not a complete imbalance in the head. It allows a complete balance between mind, body and soul to be strong, you know. Mm. And again, when you say that, I think about us running around bare feet, you know, when we were younger. And then as I had children, I remember... Um, my father-in-law saying, put shoes on those kids. And I was looking at him going, you're the very one that should be saying, kick the shoes off those kids. But he had been programmed then to kind of, Uh oh, they'll catch colds or, you know, they'll cut their foot or whatever. And I like my youngest was constantly barefoot every season and was never unwell, you know, never. I had never visited the doctor hardly ever when the kids were small because I allowed them to be children and to run around. Of course, they had to go to school with (laughs) shoes on their feet. But other than that, you know, we all kind of went around barefoot as much as possible. And I say that to people, even my clients and groups, I say, kick off the shoes, even if it's just in the evening when you come home, take your shoes off. You know, I'm not asking you to go out and stand in the frost, but, you know, kick off, just come back again, as you said, come back to ground Right, because yeah. it's so important, really, isn't it? Absolutely. And um, another side to it, Sharon, working on the two levels is about, you know, connecting and grounding to the earth, absorbing that um, healing energy of the earth, absorbing it through the body. But also equally is important, particularly in the modern world we live in with geopathic stress being quite high, electromagnetic frequencies with all of the technology that we have, you know, the polluted, polluted mm. sky uh, through all of these different, um, uh, te- you know, technologies through mm. mobile phones and all that kind of stuff. But also equally important today is that when we're walking through the towns and cities or working in, an, you know, in that kind of an environment that we're absorbing these energies, these geopathic, these electromagnetic frequencies. And equally important to take off your socks and shoes and connect with Mother Earth to dispel them out of the body. Mm. So it works two ways. You're bringing in the medicine and you're expelling these um, these harmful energies that we absorb through our auric fields, you know. Yeah. So everybody go barefoot from now on when you're at home. Uh, <laughs> That's Aldo and Sharon's advice for today. <laughs> yeah. yeah. If you stand on a nail now, don't blame us. But... No. Well, look, it always do everything safely in case there's any Absolutely. comebacks on this. Aldo, tell me what brought you on this beautiful shamanic journey? What brought you from your own life? And I know you have a lovely history with your ancestors and everything, but you personally, where were you, you know, along your path and your road when you started really connecting in? Yeah, well, I, I was I was lying in a hospital bed probably within a couple of days of death. That's what really brought me to shamanism. Wow. That was that was through addiction. And mm. that's gone back many years ago. That's come back 15 years ago. 
Um, and where there was a very powerful uh, spirit visitation that I experienced in that point in time and um, helped me through my situation. And I became, you know, I, I got out of hospital mm. and uh, uh, my addiction was completely taken away from me through that spirit visitation. Um, and at that point, as in my lineage, there was healers in my lineage, in my family, there was healers and, and Shanaki, the storytellers yeah. in my, in my, in my. So, yeah, so when I, when I, when I, came, I just, the, the, the feeling was that something came and took it away from me. And thankfully I've never picked up a drink ever since then I went on to study addiction counseling and and I went on to study shamanism well first firstly shamanism um because that gave me a real like with, with my lineage of of, of healers and mm. and Shanaki it gave me um just it gave me a nice foundation to say look I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna try and follow something I didn't wasn't quite sure what I wanted to follow mm. and I was aware of shamanism but not um, not a whole lot of knowledge in shamanism um, and then I uh, decided to explore it and study mm -hmm. it a little bit. Um, met up with the shaman and decided to begin to follow that path of shamanism and train in it. And mm -hmm. um, I was pretty much five years training in shamanism as an understudy for 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 a few years, and 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 eventually went on to when when I when I finished um, training in shamanism, I, I went on to. Uh, to to practice it and then spirit very quickly told me a few years after that or a couple of years after that that i need to start teaching it and mm. so my my role was to teach and and teach from a, a place of experience through my own ups and downs in life mm. through my lineage and to teach people um and give them you know bring them present shamanism to them and explain you know the ins and outs of shamanism the spiritual practice the ancient spiritual practice it's in us all everyone has it you know some people will follow it and some people will um they will they will you know try and dig deeper um some people just don't that's kind of the way it goes some people just don't but it's in all of us anyway it's innately in us anyway through our ancestry here in, in ireland mm. and not just in ireland scotland wales england france you know Pretty much all the worlds have an ancient, um, an ancient uh, spiritual practice known as shamanism. Mm. So it's it's in our it's in our lineage, lineage it's in our DNA. Uh, all some people explore to see what it may be or will something be activated within and, and bring mm. it to the fore. Some people do and some people don't. Um, but uh, thankfully, you know, uh, as you mentioned earlier on, we have anywhere between 80 and 100 students and training with us mm. in the school um, at any given time. Um, and all I'm stating by saying that is that the interest is really, really strong at the moment that people are looking really to, it's ultimately to find yourself and who you, mm. who you are and making a, make a, a friendship with your environment. Mm. And who are we innately as human beings void of all of the conditioning and the, you know, the indoctrination of modern organizations and whatever the case may be. So first and foremost, it's, it's about finding who you really are. So that's what I did. Mm -hmm. uh, I went through a lot of tough times, but they were necessary. When I look back at it now, I say to people, look, 
I went through a you know really serious time of addiction, you know serious illness, and it was necessary. And mm. um, it created a bit breakthrough. It created a wake up, and it allowed me to connect in with who I really am as a person, not who I was been told for years who I am. Mm. Now I discover who I am for myself through the work of shamanism, and um, yeah, it, it's void of all of the conditioning and all the shrouds that are wrapped around us as mm. human beings. So it's really about finding who we really are and making a lovely connection with our environments and each other and the animals and understand that in, in South American shamanism, it's known as Aini, Aini, A-Y-N-I, Aini, and Aini meaning um, an equilibrium, that I am no greater than anything mm. and nothing is greater than me. Beautiful. Tells, you know, and there's an old saying, and, and there's an old saying, I am no less than the sun. I am no greater than the insect. Mm. So that powerful sun in the sky, that all giving life the sun, um, I'm, I'm equal to the sun, but also that little insect that runs across the kitchen floor. I'm no better than it. So it's Aini, it creates an equilibrium that everyone has is equal. And we all have a particular role to play in this world, in this mm. lifetime anyway. Um, so that's where shamanism that's how i got into shamanism mm, powerful and, yeah and through the lineage as well so mm. there was a near-death experience and I, I did experience the you know the, the visitations of the, the spirits and the ascended masters at a particular time in my my time of been in in a in a serious critical condition in in hospitals so i, I did i did i did meet and you know, they talk about the near death experiences on the mm. tunnel and walking down the tunnel. I experienced that. It might not have been a tunnel, but something similar to a tunnel. I did meet spirits and ancestors and ascended masters and so on. So, and was... how did you feel, Aldo? You know, because I know there's many people listening, you know, and many people that listen to my podcast in particular, you know, they come back and they say they just find everything fascinating, that they would love a better connection. They would love, you know, to be. I suppose, more in tune with everything around them, not just the tree, you know. And I said, well, start with the tree and then, you know, yeah. see where it goes. But just that time connecting to yourself. But for you, you know, going through addiction and having that near-death experience and in that moment, having that experience, you know, with a spirit visitation, did you think you were losing your mind or were you aware that this was something that was just more amazing that you could ever imagine yeah. yeah it was it was i best i guess the best way to explain it sharon it was um it was a it, it was a phenomenal experience i always had spiritual connection mm. i always had a spiritual connection i knew that there was more out there than what we were taught or whatever the case may be so and definitely not losing my mind i i knew it was it was a very special visitation it was a very special connection a very special experience that was profound beyond beyond anything really mm. um, and knowing really that it, it it wasn't something that was of this physical world it was beyond this physical world it was something beyond that beyond the physical person it was beyond that again so uh I acted upon it, but the results were within me anyway with mm. uh, with that spirit connection, the visitation. The results were in me to say that 
you know, in, in such a volatile situation um, at that time of my life within the addiction, that when I left the hospital that day, I didn't have an inclination to reuse again, mm. which was quite phenomenal because before I went into hospital, the only time I didn't drink was when I slept. Wow. So that's, a, that's how deep it was. It was a slippery slope into a big, dark hole, literally. Mm. So, yes, medical attention um, uh, in the hospital, you know, great staff and so on, but as great staff might be in hospitals, you don't just flick a switch and an addiction is taken away from a person. But mm. just bear in mind, um, Sharon, all, all addiction is relative to trauma, you know. Mm. So it, it was a trauma that needs to be dealt with also for that longevity to be there. And in shamanism, very simply, uh, someone that is addicted to something has experienced a trauma in some shape or form. Mm. And when traumas are experienced in shamanism, soul loss occurs, meaning that a piece of their essential energy has left them. It's known as soul fragmentation, soul loss. That every negative experience or traumatic experience that an individual experiences in their life, a little piece of them may leave their body. It, this, it literally is known as the psychic soul. The soul, a piece of the soul leaves the body to save itself from the impact because the soul knows that something is about to come come our way. Mm. Some people experience this. They know that something is about to happen before it happens. The soul will know before the head knows. The soul will always be that for a few steps ahead anyway. Um, <clears throat> so longevity for me was to say, well, what soul pieces do I need to find relative to my experiences in my life? And some that I wasn't aware of because we can suffer soul loss in the womb we can mm. suffer soul loss at you know uh, at the point of birth known as birth trauma we can suffer soul loss as a six-month-old baby we don't we don't cognitively remember this but it, it does create a weakness within uh, the individual so part of my work there following shamanism was to find soul pieces that have been lost through my lifetime mm. and and regather them and, and bring me back to a level of fullness again addiction is really based on trying to fill the voids mm. um, and, and whether it's behavioral addiction or, or, you know, substance addiction, what we're trying to do is number one, kill the pain. Number two, you know, it's a self-medication. And number two is trying to fill that inner emptiness by reaching for something that we feel will actually fill the voids, but it won't fill the void. In fact, most of it will damage us even further. So a lot of soul retrieval requires some ancestral healing we all need a little bit of ancestral mm. healing every now and again and of course not to go into too much detail or too deep is you know what have we brought into this life from past lives as well mm. you know so it's all part of my work in, in shamanism will be past life healing uh soul retrieval ancestral healing and other work like the work of the shamanic psychopomp which would be the shamanic death worker which is working with the dead and dying alleviate fear within the dying person so there's big areas there um uh, Sharon, but no, the outside experience was no, I didn't feel that I was going mad. I probably did it a few <laughs> times before that, but I didn't feel I was going mad. It was such a profound experience, and I just knew that it was something outside of the physical world, yeah. the physical reality. Yeah, so that's amazing. Yeah, I love it. You explain it so well, Aldo, and it's beautiful. And what I, I, what I love what you just said as well is because I know there might be many people listening or they might share it with someone that's going through addiction or going through that huge trauma. 
you know, finding it very hard to reach out, to speak about it, to understand, you know, because you hear a lot of people, I've suffered trauma myself in my life and worked very hard with me, with that younger part of myself and to, you know, understand about that disconnect or that detachment away from the trauma, from that whatever time it was. And everything that you said is absolutely right. We're trying to fill the void, stop the pain, all of those things. And what's really interesting, and I could resonate so much um, when you said it, you know, this is for people listening because you've listened to me before. You might think Aldo is talking and he's going, what's he talking about soul retrieval about? But I remember when I was experienced trauma abuse years ago as a child, I have and I can still see it so clearly, but I don't have the emotional attachment to it now, you know, or the fear around it. But I could see myself watching myself being abused. I could I had detached from it. It was trying to protect me. So it was like I was watching my physical body being abused. And in a way that saved my life. And, you know, people find that very hard to understand. But like you on a spiritual level, for me, I think I was always so connected to that aspect of myself. I just had to figure out where I was in my life, you know, like many people. So I would say wherever you are on your trauma journey, wherever you are in your healing journey or just even your own awareness of who you are, you know, some of the things maybe that I'll just spoke about today will resonate with you and it might just little click with you and you'll go, oh, maybe that's something that I could, you know, look into, maybe have a chat yeah. with Aldo about and he could give you more information. Absolutely. Yeah. And just what you mentioned there, Sharon, it, you know, the experience of the disconnection, we, we disconnect from ourselves through these events. And it it, it is actually um, it is a defense mechanism or mm -hmm. a survival mode where people disconnect. The only problem with the disconnect, the long-term um, effects of the disconnection is that uh, in, in, soul, in soul loss, in shamanism, it is, you know, that something has disconnected. And, mm -hmm. and like you explained there, viewing it from an outside space, the, what's taking place, and that is relative to soul loss. You know, soul loss would mm -hmm. be that a part of our energy leaves our body a piece of our soul leaves a piece of our consciousness leaves the body and sometimes we're looking at it from an outside place and, mm. and that is a disconnect you know and in psychology it's known as disassociation there's a complete yeah. disconnect um but you know in, in shamanism it's about you know what part of parts of us have disconnected through these events in the past and what methods in shamanism do we use to reunite that old version of you mm. with that present version of you to make you more whole again and that's really what, what it is it's not too far away from you know some psychologists or psychiatrists will mm. talk about it. gabor mate if you're familiar with gabor yes. mate great guy watch some of these videos uh, he'll explain about this disconnect that takes place it's just mm. in shamanism it's about how do we find that what's left us and how do we bring it back so mm. yeah i think it's a hugely interesting conversation for people just to have with themselves and to look into because I, I again obviously not aware as a child but as I got older aware of that disconnect and that parts of me that was missing and it does take a lot of work to bring back that part of yourself to reconnect but in a loving and safe way that that part knows that it's safe now to be fully here you know so it's beautiful work but I will say to anybody it does take time you know, and you're not going to be, you know, like you had to go through your addiction, the near death experience to find this opening. I'm not saying we all have to do that, but sometimes it's hard to go within. It's hard to journey within 
isn't it, Aldo? But it's so worth it because what you said was so important. You know who you are now. Yeah. yeah. And that's how many people are going around going, they've no idea who they are. Yeah. Well, you know, Sharon, modern society uh, contributes to so much of so of the soul lost people suffer as well. It's about they're not knowing themselves anymore. They're on the Ferris wheel. You know, they're working extremely hard to pay a mortgage or pay for child care. Um, you know, so people begin to lose who, who they actually are. And when you really sit down and ask yourself the question, like, what's my role? Is my role in this life to, you know, to, to work myself till I'm 65 or 70? And, and, and is that what our role is? Or, you know, to pay the mortgage, to, to pay the ESP bills? You know, what's our role in life? And where, where does things need to be really looked at and say, well, you know, I don't even know myself anymore because I've just spent the last 40 years running around, paying bills, doing what people want me to do and without much of a quality of life when you see it. And, and, and the modern world more and more will push people into that system because that's what the modern world is. Mm. You know, we can read books about slavery back in the 1800s or whatever, but we can look at it now today and say that people are really trapped in modern slavery system, that you're you're working hard, you're paying a lot of taxes. Your children don't see as much as, you know, they should or you would like them or they would like like to see you. Mm. And sometimes the question needs to come up saying, like, what, what is this all about? Mm. We've gone into a system and when we get into the system, it's very hard not to be in the system because you're gone into you're gone into the mortgage thing. You're gone into the the bills, the bills, the bills and, and the, the child care and all of that. So, so it's very and people lose a whole lot themselves by just entering into that system and they begin to not know who they are anymore mm-hmm. and lose their identity and we see this with you know parents and we may, we see it more with, with with mothers in fact yeah we see it much more with mothers and 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 you know a lot of people come to me for for healing would be mothers that would be spend all their time looking after the children and everything else and the last person they look at is themselves to look after mm-hmm. themselves and they, they lose their identity yeah you know in their in their early 20s or mid-20s vibrant they had they may have had um hobbies and skills and interests and 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 when they look back 20 years back from there they a lot of them will say i'm, I'm a completely different person now and I'd, mm-hmm. I'd really like to revisit that version of me or bring that version of me back here because i can't i can be that version of me too at the same time mm-hmm. you know and, and to lighten up the soul and bring that spark back into play you know so there's a lot of soul loss through even just the modern world we live in yeah absolutely and i think it's the expectations of society you know from school upwards and what we're supposed to be and we're all supposed to be aiming for these certain things and to be the best and absolutely be the best version of yourself you know but that you want to be but again i suppose it is hard because we are all as you said caught up in the system and it is a system but uh, for me Again, we go back to the word balance, isn't it, Aldo? And finding a balance between, you know, having to do all of the practical things, pay the bills, all of those things and work, but also finding a balance. And I actually spoke to a client about this this morning and said, what do you value most about yourself and your life? And people don't stop to think about that enough. What are their values and what do they value the most? 
And if we just start by that, and some people will say, God, I don't even know what my values are, or I'm not sure what I value the most anymore. Just start with those questions. It'll kind of show you how lost you actually are in your own life. Absolutely. I agree totally, Sharon. And and in many cases, uh, you know, you, you connected with the theory earlier on that in many cases, people um get so lost in that in that in that in that system i guess which it, it's it's a necessary system but again we go back to balance balance is the key mm. um you know they, they 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 completely lose their identity and they're in stressful environments and mm. you know the the reality is that stress is a is an, is a, a huge part to play in modern uh, illness today and not just um you know, psychological illness, but physical illness as well. If our environments are just high stressed, high pressured environments, uh, that can contribute. And in fact, what it can do, it can trigger dormant things that's within us and bring these dormant things to the to the to the to the fore, you know. So um again it's down to balance. If you can get some kind of balance into into play in whatever shape or form. But what you mentioned earlier on was a lot of people don't a lot of people are unwilling to look within mm. because simply because they're afraid of what they might find in there mm. and something that they, they they're, they're not willing to face. So as therapists like myself and yourself, mm. it's about gradually and ease, mm. easing it in and being, 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 as, being as, as, as gentle as we possibly can be. Um, you yeah. know, but how many people really stop and say, hold on a minute. What am I doing here? What am I? What am I at? Who am I? Yeah. yeah. You know? And I know they may ask the questions and then they want to avoid it and not look at it. But I can tell you from and my own experience, although I can't speak for you, but I believe our soul never shows us anything or gives us anything that we can't deal with, that we don't have the strength or resilience inside of ourselves to handle in that moment. I truly believe that I have. Absolutely. It has been my lived experience up to this point, And I've come through many a challenge. And I've learned something from each and every one of them, the same as you have, Aldo, obviously, in your amazing life experience and now sharing it with others, Aldo, which is a beautiful gift to the world. You know, and I think that's when we come through those challenges and we learn so much about ourselves to share it with others. It is Again, it's the sharing of our energy. It's the sharing of your teachings, the sharing of your own lived experience that helps people really connect because they see you. You're a real person. You're not just somebody on a television. You're a real person living this life, having lived those experiences. And people resonate with that, don't they? Absolutely. And it's a level of of authenticity that requires the the honesty, Mm. the trust that needs to be created. You know, if... When somebody comes to me for a healing session and they're in some kind of uh, addiction or they have some trauma or soul loss going on in their lives, um, everything that I will speak about will be authentic from my own experiences. Mm-hmm. So the authenticity is key. It's not something that I read in a book about shaman. Yeah. You know, and every time... I have a group of students in front of me, which I, I teach shamanism every every weekend. And I'll always say, guys, look, whatever direction we're going in with shamanism, whether it's past lives, ancestral healing, soul loss, or whatever the case may be, I'll always draw from my own experiences. And, and it's a human experience. It's mm. the person in front of you that's telling you uh, something about what they've experienced themselves and how 
you know, therapy, soul retrieval, ancestral healing began to help me on my path. So it's authentic. It's authenticity at the end yeah. of the day. Um, and that's 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 all we can be is to be truthful, be honest and be authentic in the work we do. And be true to ourselves and all others. Isn't that it, Aldo? Aldo, I could talk to you for hours. <laughs> Just fascinating. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing with me and with the listeners. And I'm sure they, you know, if they want to know more, they can check out Aldo on www.irishshamanschool.ie. Um, you're also on Facebook, so they can check you out there. And I just see that you have training starting um, on the 23rd of March for shamanic practitioners. Is that right, Aldo? Yeah. 25th, I think, or 23rd. 25th, my excuse me. 25th, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't even know the dates myself. But 20, That's, well, I think it's the 23rd, but you can check it out. And it's yeah. 12 months, there's three levels, and it's 24 full days of training. But if you're interested in learning more, just contact Aldo directly. Yeah. And you have drumming cir circles starting or returning on Friday, the 20th of January, so this week. This Friday, yeah. In Castlebar, County Mayo, and yeah. Imbolc Fire Ceremony on the 4th of February in Westport, County Mayo. And that's the beginning of spring rebirth. Yes. And, you know, we have people that want to, if they want to connect to shamanism on all different levels. The Friday night drum circle is a very casual where people can come in. We supply the drums, a sit down. It's a talking circle as well, a healing mm. circle. People want to talk, meet new friends, have a cup of coffee. Uh, we we drum and we meditate and journey for a while. And it's a nice thing to do on a Friday evening. So it's quite casual. People can drop in and out and uh, it's quite casual. And the, of course, we celebrate all of the, the wheel of the year. We celebrate all of the festivals, the, the Imbolcs, the Samhains, all of the, the, the Lunases all through the year in, in Westport. We've got a nice 14-acre uh, oak forest over there that we, we, that we rent. And we all of our fire ceremonies take place over there in this lovely 200-year-old oak forest. So the nice, you know, from going in to the deep end of shamanism to the very casual end, we try and facilitate everyone. And you'll have That's to come down yourself sometimes. Oh, you just, you know what, as you're speaking it, I'm kind of going, oh, my God, when can I go? <laughs> Do you know that my great grandparents were from Castle Bar? Really? Yes. When I, I launched that. my first book, I was in a bookshop on Castle Street. Is that right? Yeah. In Castle Bar. And yeah. I text my mother and I said, oh, I'm in a bookshop in Castle Street. And she said, well, down the road, up up across the road somewhere she said yeah. your great-grandfather was a tailor there on that street wow, wow isn't that amazing that's amazing so there's a good there's a good bit of mayo in you and I you know what I've been so drawn to mayo when I started you know doing meditation classes years ago one of the first places that I was drawn to was mayo and every time there was something going on I was drawn back to mayo and it's only kind of then I connected more with my great grandparents. And I just said, it's amazing. There, that's what I mean. There's places we're drawn to and we're not sure why. Why? Yeah. You know, <laughs> and that's because there's such a strong energy there for me. Yeah. So yeah. definitely I'll be back to Castlebar again soon, Aldo. Lovely. Lovely. Thank you so much for your time. So thank Got you, it. everyone, for listening. And as I said, check out Aldo Jordan, www.irishshamanschool.ie. And I will put all the details on the show notes so you can check it out there and also tag Aldo on social media so you can connect with him, follow him and ask him any question you want. Aldo, Absolutely. appreciate your time and thank you Thanks. so much. Thanks a million, Sharon. Thank you very much. Thank you, everyone, for listening. And I look forward to connecting to you all again soon. <laughs>